meeting uh, with actually the discussion that was held yesterday. I think uh, with all the issues that we will be looking at, you might find that uh, it will be quite important that we do actually make the link because on most of the issues that have actually come up, the strategic and very important issue before us is around recovery and issue of reconstruction. Obviously, I think as a portfolio committee uh, on this space, we in, in ensuring that we have an oversight, we actually have to ensure that uh, there is implementation and we can be able to see impact uh, of the work that is actually before us. So I think uh, the part of challenges that may be linked to what we may be going through today, but not specifically in terms of the presentation, because when we look at implication, uh, implementation, there should be level of coordination, level of ensuring that this uh, management and administration that ensures that uh, everything that we did. Any we do, apologies that we have today? We, we actually have to. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. Good morning to yourself, Honorable Members, Minister DM, and, and our colleagues at large. Uh, we have apologies uh, from one, apologies from the Honorable Shabalala. It looks like the there's other. an overlap with another committee. I'm not sure, Secretariat. Chair, we will attend to that. that. Chair, I do not understand. We will try to, 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 to attend to that. <laughs> No, no. I think, it, it, I, think it, Wayne, I think Wayne is double parked. He's attending two committees at once. Well, probably okay. you never know. It will be all <laughs> the members that are running Chair. between two meetings at the same time. And and my apologies. I, I raise I raise my hand to inform that um, I actually do have a, and I'm not sure if you've so, seen my hand raised. Yes, uh, but I did indicate just to indicate that I do have another committee meeting. It's public works. So. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm going to be transitioning, unfortunately, chairs uh, soon. Oh, no, at least the, the, the process, you are getting better, honorable thing, because you have brought the other meeting into ours. So, which <laughs> is quite fine. <laughs> it's, it's, okay, which thank is you, quite in order. But we, we always appreciate the kind of uh, program we have to run on, because we're actually managing two in one. Thank you very much, Honorable Thring. It's part of the apologies that you'll be running between the two meetings. Let me just say, proceed by just saying there will be issues we'll have to look at when we look at the presentations today. And in terms of our discussion on the program, obviously we would actually have to look at other engagement and other uh, areas where there is work relating to COVID-19 specifically, uh, because it affects everything that we're actually looking at. So while we're looking at the program, uh, I would want to actually just check with the members because we'll take the presentation uh, of the NEF and we'll take the presentation of the IDC and okay. we will actually then take uh, comments and questions after the two uh, or do one at a time uh, Secretariat? Mrs. Hermans' hands are is raised, Chair. Was that Hermans? Mrs. Hermans. Oh. Honorable Hi, uh, good morning, Hermans. Chair. 
Yeah. I think in your in your uh, excitement to hear what the IDC and the NEF is saying, you forgot to ask us to adopt the agenda. And <laughs> well, I'm waiting to. <laughs> yes, no, I'm, I'm actually working towards that. <laughs> so I think maybe the point one is actually hoping for um, that we can actually get the adoption uh, of the agenda. Uh, thank you, Honorable Hemans. Adoption of the agenda. Can I actually ask that members indicate uh, if they still proceed on what we agreed upon on the two presentations? Before Chair, Honorable Mboyani. Chairperson, good morning. Uh, morning. I propose that we adopt the agenda as it is. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Honorable Mutau. Thank you, Chair. I second the adoption of the agenda. No, thank you very much. Then we actually can be able to uh, move to uh, check if ever there's any objection. Um, in the absence, we will actually then uh, ask that we move and uh, take the presentations. I think uh, the understanding I have is that we will take uh, each of the presentations and then takes questions for clarity and engagement after I have taken both, or should we take one at a time? Secretariat, was there any suggestion we have on that? You, you made a proposal whether to have both to, to have both um, um, presentations and then have a question and answer session, or alternatively have each um, NEF followed by questions and IDC followed by questions. Com the committee didn't express themselves on it yet, Chair, so, okay. so they do not know. Okay. M Honorable members? Mr. Mbuyani, Chair. Honorable Mbuyani. Chairperson, thank you. I think, Chairperson, we can uh, give the department and the NEC, uh, NEF to give us the presentation. Then we'll have one discussion because we're talking recover both of the, uh, of the uh, presentation. Thank you. So we'll take both and take uh, discussions after. Is that your suggestion? Muyana is suggesting that. Yes, Chairperson. Okay. Let me just check from other members. Uh, can we proceed in that order? comfortable with that, that we'll take both presentation, then actually take discussions after that. Ms. Ms. So, Mr. Kamashi, Chair. Honorable Namashi. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. I support the proposal. Okay. Um, can we then um, proceed with the presentations? Obviously, we do have the department, DTIC, we do have the two entities, NEF and IDC. And I think uh, one wanted just to make sure that at least we would actually be able to get uh, the department and be able to actually then pick up the two presentation and then take discussions after that. I'm not sure from the department who will be actually uh, uh, leading the process uh, if I can actually get the confirmation and request that the department's DTIC representative can be able to actually introduce the presentations of uh, the NEF and the IDC. Can I check uh, Secretariat from the uh, DTIC? Um, Chair, uh, 
the last communication I received is that the, any, the NEF and the IDC will be the only presenters this morning. The senior yes. management of, of, of DTIC are on the platform to assist with any questions co coming out of the deliberations. But we should start with the NEF presentation, Chair. Okay. L let me just check. Um, um, so there's no one from the department currently present? There, uh, there, Okay. Chair, they're on the platform, Chair, but they're not going to start the proceedings. The NAF will start proceedings and they will assist during the course of the deliberations, Chair. Okay. Thank you very much. Can I actually ask the NAF to come in? Um, I made to understand that they might be the chairperson of the uh, NAF board and uh, who will actually be making a presentation. And I am informed that um, there's bereavement. Yeah, there's bereavement on the side of the CEO of the NEF. Uh, I think we should actually pass uh, uh, the condolences of the committee on the basis of that. Uh, allow me to welcome the chairperson to actually then uh, uh, introduce the process to us and then take the presentation. Uh, good morning, Chairperson. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Chair. Um, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to uh, present at the Portfolio Committee this morning. I'd like to apologize on behalf of our Chief Executive Officer. I think you have uh, Ms. Pelisiwe Mtetwa. You have explained the, the circumstances and uh, your condolences are, are recorded and we will pass it on uh, to the to the Lazy family. Chair, uh, I uh, would like to uh, take this opportunity to introduce the team from the NEF that are on the call this morning. Uh, Ms. Shlengiwe Makatini, our Divisional Executive for Venture Capital and Corporate Finance. Um, she'll be leading the, the presentation that we've prepared. Um, also on the call with us is Mr. Mzi Daimani, who is the Chief Legal Counsel at the NEF, as well as uh, Moemisi Motsepe, who is uh, the Head of Marketing at the NEF. Um, Chair, we, we welcome the opportunity and uh, um, let me just hand over straight to, to Ms. Marcatini. Thank you very much. Welcome, Ms. Makatini. You can take us through. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Good morning to you and to the honorable members this morning. Um, thank you very much for the opportunity for the NEF to talk about uh, what our contribution is going to be um, towards the economic recovery. Um, to the honorable members, I, I am aware that uh, it, the presentation um, is long but most of the slides are really for your own reading um, pleasure when you, you, you have time. So I will be focusing on, on, on the slides that um, are responding directly to the question. Um, the, the, the first slide um, obviously is just talking to the mandate of the NEF, which I'm sure that the honorable members are already aware of. Um, the, the, the next slide is talking about um, our strategic outcomes uh, which are around providing funding to uh, business ventures that are managed and owned by, by Black people and is to really make sure that as, as a DFI, we are sustainable so that we can continue uh, to support Black businesses. The next slide uh, just briefly highlights um, our strategic planning 
framework, um, just demonstrating that as the NEF, um, are the sectors that we choose are, what are the sectors that government, uh, you know, has um, highlighted in, in the industrial objectives and also our responses to providing funding and, and solutions are to make sure that we support government in delivering on, on, on the priorities that uh, the honorable members are aware of. Uh, for the current uh, you know, period, our priorities, our strategic priorities um, are, are mainly three. Uh, the first one is to achieve, um, you know, and enhance what we call the empowerment dividend, which I will try and unpack uh, later on, uh, to make sure that the kind of support uh, we provide is sustainable and truly empowering, uh, is to achieve financial sustainability uh, for, for the NEF, and is to implement uh, public-private partnerships to make sure that we co-find and we leverage that, uh, you know, private sector and third-party funding to be able to touch more lives and to create uh, more business opportunities. Uh, the honorable members will be very familiar with the next slide, which shows uh, our life to date performance. Uh, and it is to say that uh, as the NEF over the, 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 the years, we have been able to uh, disperse into the economy 7.3 billion rand, supporting real black businesses uh, that have been creating jobs. We've been able to support just close to just over 103,000 uh, job opportunities which uh, 70,000 of which were, were actually new jobs. Um, the next slide is just um, highlighting, you know, the, the fact that the money we invest in the economy does uh, come back of the 7.4 billion. We have been uh, able to collect over 3.7 billion uh, of the money. So it allows us to restructure the money when the other entrepreneurs pay, we are then able to fund other entrepreneurs. And our ability to collect the money is really around effective portfolio management and entrenching a culture of repayments with our entrepreneurs. Uh, the next slide is very important in terms of uh, supporting economic recovery because uh, with the limited resources that as a DFI we have, and, and we all know that the fiscal also has constraints, it is very important that you are able to leverage money from the private sector to actually support black businesses and grow them. And this slide just demonstrates that uh, life to date as the NEF, we've been able to leverage um, 8.8 .8 billion from other um, third party funding. And uh, in, the, in the last uh, financial year where we assessed this, we're able to leverage 67% uh, of the money that we invested. So we invested uh, just close to 400 million and we're able to raise another uh, 780 million from the private sector. And, and this strategy is very critical, uh, honorable members, to make sure that uh, you know, we support black businesses and we partner across the, the spectrum, as this slide will demonstrate, we've partnered with uh, oil majors, we've partnered with the likes of who can pay, uh, other um, SOEs, just to make sure that um, we, we, we get you know, um, affordable funding that will help the black businesses that we fund as the NEF to be sustainable and to be able to create jobs. The next slide, um, uh, uh, Chair and Honorable Members, is just a demonstration that as the NEF, other than just getting core funding uh, from other, uh, you know, um, private sector parties, partners, we have also been able to um, actually attract uh, other parties to 
bring their monies to us. So this is just a list of um, funds that we've managed for other uh, different partners, both in the public sector and in the, in the private sector. So over the years, we've been able to raise close to a billion rents that we have managed as the MEF. Uh, the honorable members are well aware of how we are structured as the MEF. We remain structured that way to make sure that we respond effectively to the needs uh, of the different, um, you know, levels of black entrepreneurs that will approach uh, the MEF. Uh, the slide on non-financial support is always an important one uh, to remind the honorable members that as the MEF, we, 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 we believe that provision of funding alone is not sufficient to create sustainability and to help the economy to be turned around. To have an effective turnaround of the economy, you need to make sure that the businesses that you have and the businesses that you fund are sustainable. And you need to make sure that you give them all the tools that will help them to be sustainable. And our non-financial support uh, you know, work helps us with that. Uh, in all that we do as the NEF, we are thriving to maximize what we call the empowerment dividend. Uh, which is really around making sure that we touch as many lives of Black people as possible, making sure that the Black people that we support are the ones who are in control of those businesses, giving more opportunities to other Black people, making sure that women are part of those opportunities, creating jobs, making sure that we support Black people to be part of growth sectors, and to also touch businesses that are in the, uh, you know, the rural provinces, um, and we don't just focus um, in, the, in the big uh, cities only. Uh, we have in the past spoken about the, the sectors that we have funded uh, by the N as, as the NEF, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. Uh, needless to say that, you know, we touch almost all sectors as the NEF, and there are very few sectors that we don't do because uh, we understand that Black people need to, you know, uh, be pro properly represented in all the various sectors um, of, of the economy. Uh, this is just a pictorial depiction of how uh, we are represented in the different provinces. Uh, we are working hard to make sure that, you know, even the provinces where the representation is currently small, we really uh, work hard to increase and make sure that Black entrepreneurs in those spaces also have access uh, to the NEF funding. Uh, the honorable members already know the slide around the capacity, but this slide is very important uh, when we talk about, you know, how we're going to help going forward, because as the NEF, we do have the capability, we do have the skilled people to be able to deliver in, in the turnaround um, of, of the economy. Um, the next slide is uh, really honorable members at the crux of, of, of our contribution uh, to, to, to the turnaround. So obviously this excludes the money that comes from our own um, balance sheet as the NEF. Uh, with, with uh, you know, the funding that uh, the DGIC has allocated to us, uh, as the NEF, we are really working hard to make sure that uh, Black people also contribute to the turnaround of the economy. So when the pandemic started um, last year, the DCIC uh, trusted us with 200 million rands uh, to roll out what was called the NEF COVID-19 Black Business Fund. We've recently been given 150 million rands for the Economic Distress Fund, and uh, we're in the process of, of actually getting 
160 million rands for the Women Empowerment Fund. I'll unpack um, each one of them later on. Um, and in this slide, uh, Honorable Chair, we're just trying to, you know, in one slide show how we are going to try and respond to the economic recovery plan. So this is our action plan. Um, so the 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 key the the, the key um, issues that we want to look at is you know how to um, have mass public employment uh, interventions uh, around what are we going to do around infrastructure investments what are we going to do around localization and reindustrialization uh, what is our role in the energy security and green economy uh, the tourism recovery uh, and growth uh, food security and of course supporting the black youth and uh, you know, women through gender equality and economic uh, inclusion. Uh, so going straight uh, to slide 21. Um, so this is uh, then um, an overview of our response to uh, economic recovery. Uh, the COVID-19 Black Business Fund was, is really a fund that was set up um, to ensure that we help black businesses to manufacture and supply healthcare products and essential foods in, the, in fighting the, the pandemic. And as a result of this fund, the NF was able to create uh, 1,466 jobs. Uh, we're currently uh, in the process of implementing the Economic Dis Distress Fund. And uh, you know, we also, as the NEF, came up with our own uh, COVID-19 relief measures for, for businesses that were already uh, clients of the NEF, where we set aside 15, 50 million rands to help them with what we call critical needs funds, helping them with uh, repayment holidays, and um, you know making sure that they are able to keep the, the lights on in their businesses. And through all those interventions, uh, the NEF was able to sustain uh, just over 50,000 uh, jobs. And, uh, you know, as I was saying earlier on, we are about to also implement the Women Empowerment Fund. When we, if we then move to slide uh, 23, uh, it is then a summary, um, honorable chair and honorable members of what we did with the COVID-19 Black, uh, you know, business fund. And what I need to highlight here is that, um, you know, we were able to support 33 Black businesses that are in the manufacturing space for healthcare products and those who are also in agro-processing were providing essential foods in, in fighting the pandemic. And uh, these uh, 33 transactions uh, were funded with 166 million rands from the DITICs, uh, you know, 200 million and 41 million from the NEF. So we still have some funds that are left. And uh, obviously as, as, you know, a country, as we are, you know, getting strong around the pandemic and how we are managing it, the demand for some of the healthcare products has reduced. So the demand for the money to manufacture uh, is also not um, as aggressive as it was when we started. Um, we received a total of 395 applications valued at 2.1 billion, which is an indication of how much uh, need it is out there by black businesses. But I mean, obviously with the limited resources, you have to try and identify the best of the best to make sure that the money that you invest, you get it back. Uh, slide 24 is just, um, you know, um, a depiction of the, the kind of products and, 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 and that, uh, you know, we supported through the fund. Uh, on slide 25, that's the fund that you are now currently working very hard in, in, in uh, 
and in, in actually implementing, we we have we launched the fund um, uh, a week and a half ago, and the level of applications we are getting is is, is you know overwhelming. But, but you know, we, as the NEF, we believe that we are up to the task, and we have set up a very strict criteria to make sure that the businesses that we find will really uh, contribute to the turnaround of the economy. So we, we want to look at businesses that uh, are currently in financial distress because of COVID, and uh, they, they are currently not able to fund their operating activities. But if they get the necessary support, they'll be able to you know, uh, recover jobs uh, and also retain jobs. But it must be businesses that have been around for at least three years and that employ at least 10 uh, people because as I was saying, um, uh, because the, the resources are, um, are limited, we need to make sure that where we invest, uh, the, the level of um, impact is as high as possible. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go through um, all the examples, you know, we just had put some examples of the kind of transactions, but I'll just talk to slide 29 on the Goma's important development. Uh, so we just want to demonstrate to the uh, honorable members that we already are working on projects that have got uh, a life, you know, um, an, a, a high likelihood to create jobs um, and also not just create jobs in, in the urban areas, but create jobs in the rural areas. We have partnered uh, with cooperatives in Pumalanga who are currently, um, you know, uh, growers of, of, of cotton and we are at very advanced stages of finalizing the actual, um, you know, development of a, of a plant, of a ginning plant, where they can beneficiate uh, what they, they produce in their farms. And we are working with various stakeholders, including the provincial government in Bumalanga to make sure that, uh, you know, this project becomes a, a reality and it, it, it delivers on the jobs because it has a likelihood of uh, creating a, about 16,000 jobs especially from the farming operations that will be needed to uh, bring inputs into the, into the gin. Moving on then, uh, one of the priorities in the economic recovery is around um, uh, infrastructure investments. Um, and, you know, as the NEF, we, we, we really believe that it is important for Black people um, to play a, an important role in industrialization. And our approach is to make sure that we're creating new uh, uh, capacity in terms of manufacturing and industrial, creating jobs, and you know, increasing co-investment and, and foreign direct uh, investment opportunities uh, for for black businesses. I will then just jump uh, the, the the slides and 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 just move to slide thirty five, which is um, a demonstration of how over the years the NEF has been able to support black people uh, in different sectors to become industrialists, having invested uh, just over 7.7 .7 billion in funding black people to become um, industrialists. Uh, another important aspect of infrastructure, honorable uh, uh, chair and members, is around uh, affordable housing, affordable and social housing. Uh, uh, the honorable members will appreciate the, the amount of resources the government is putting towards uh, you know, this initiative. And as the NEF, we are working hard with the Department of Human Settlements together with agencies, including the SHRA, to make sure that where there are opportunities for developers of these properties that 
Black people are also, you know, uh, given a good opportunity and, uh, you know, the opportunities are unlocked uh, through the NEF providing innovative funding solutions to make sure that uh, they provide sustainable housing solutions um, for, for, for our people. Uh, we're also working very hard with student accommodation, working with different uh, institutions of higher learning to make sure that Black uh, developers who are getting these opportunities are properly funded and they create the necessary job.
uh, uh, expansion projects of uh, water schemes, uh, as well as the logistics hubs that are indicated there by way of uh, industrial parks. So this is the scale of our involvement. And indeed, uh, we are fortunate in a sense that international development finance organizations such as KFW from Germany, AFD, the French, as well as our own new development bank, uh, has been, they have all been very, very, very supportive of the IDC in terms of providing lines of credit as well as funds for deployment, uh, particularly into the uh, infrastructure sector. Moving on, Chairperson. Uh, what we are indicating here really in the agriculture and the agro-processing space, we believe here there are massive and very, very, very big opportunities for the IDC to play an even, even stronger hand. Uh, uh, at the bottom there, we show emerging industries uh, around uh, hydroponics, uh, as well as uh, biorefineries and so on. Um, so, we are partnering with the Department of uh, uh, Agriculture and Land Reform and Rural Development. We have just as recently as last week concluded a memorandum of agreement with them in this from uh, uh, last year uh, or two years ago uh, by almost uh, 10 to 20% or so to around 40% where they are. So this is a particularly uh, hemorrhaging sector, but as per my earlier remarks, we do believe that we have to stay with these uh, investments uh, and not be too quick to uh, maybe close them or anything like that. Uh, we believe they will recover and they will recover faster, uh, given that the investments are already in existence. Moving on, Chairperson, uh, just uh, uh, a, a brief uh, reflection to say that uh, the activities of the Industrial Development Corporation are aligned from a policy perspective with the national imperatives. Secondly, aligned with the transformation imperatives that the nation is pursuing uh, in terms of uh, uh, diversifying the supply base, expanding benefits to communities and uh, uh, historically disadvantaged uh, individuals and communities driving black economic empowerment. And we do this all in partnership with our sister organizations. And our focus on small business chairperson or SME is driven by this concept that we have come to call SME Connect. Basically what we're saying is, as we do major big projects in the various regions of the country, we deliberately look for opportunities to connect local small businesses into the supply chains of those big factories or big mining projects that we are undertaking to enable these small businesses to connect into the value chains or the supply chains of uh, major uh, big industrial uh, establishments that uh, the IDC or government is involved in. So we are driving this very actively through our regional offices. We have provincial offices throughout the country and our officials are on the ground looking for opportunities to say a big mining company 
what kind of products and services do they buy? And uh, the small businesses in the area, be it producers of chemicals or uh, bottling material or uh, steel material and clothing and so on, textile products, and looking for opportunities to supply into big business. Moving on, Chairperson, uh, this, uh, this is a, a, a good slide, we believe, as an example of what we are trying to do in the Northern Cape in order to drive uh, integrated development. The essence of this is that the IDC is already financing various mining ventures in the, East, in the, in the Northern Cape. In the second instance, we are then in line with our energy strategy that I explained earlier, uh, pushing to get projects for self-generation and distributed energy systems uh, across uh, the various uh, opportunity points in the, in, the, in the province. At the same time, we recognize the opportunities for agro-processing as well as uh, uh, the SME Connect. Included in this entire scheme of things are the various industrial parks that are located around the various uh, towns uh, in, in the Northern Cape, and indeed working with the Department of Trade and Industry, as well as the relevant municipalities and the province, we are working to uh, support the uh, development of the infrastructure around these industrial parks in the first instance, and in the second instance, the promotion of investors into those parks, and in the third instance, to provide the industrial financing that is required by the industries themselves uh, in order to uh, build their production capacities. So this is a sort of a, a, a big plan that we are executing in the Northern Cape area, and it is replicable on a uh, bespoke basis to various other parts of the country. Moving forward, Chairperson, uh, I mentioned earlier on that as part of our contribution to the implementation of the Africa Common Free Trade uh, Agreement, um, we are pursuing this approach of firstly targeting certain specific countries and geographies. We don't want to be a jack of all trades uh, going everywhere and everywhere. Uh, but we believe there are certain countries, and I will show them in the next slide, that hold greater potential for growth. And we believe we should focus on them. And they also have greater economic and trade connectivity with South Africa. And so that is that. And how we intend to do this is that we don't want to go alone into these jurisdictions. We have learned some bitter lessons. And so our approach will be to co-finance, to co-fund, to share risk with the various players that are in those regions. For instance, in the East Africa region, you have a, a bigger development finance institutions there like the Trade and Development Bank, which is based in, uh, in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, when you go up to West Africa, you have... Uh, the Infrastructure Investment Fund in, 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 in uh, Ghana, uh, and you do have as well the, the Africa Investment Corporation, which is 
operating out of Nigeria, but covers a lot of countries in that horn there in the West Africa region. Uh, and then, of course, at the center there, we're working together with other smaller uh, regional development uh, agencies in Rwanda uh, and, and places like those. But the essence of it is about co-financing, really, and partnering to share risk. Where we see opportunities in the next slide, and I will just pick two. Uh, for instance, uh, as I indicated, we are not trying to be everywhere. We try to choose certain specific locations or countries because they hold particular potential. An example, for instance, is uh, we already have a tin uh, uh, mining investment in the DRC and there are opportunities to expand there. But that mineral is important for South Africa's own uh, uh, battery industry development as well as uh, supply into the uh, electronics manufacturing industry in our own country. So that is the strategic relevance of the DRC, for instance, as a location. If you take Mozambique, large gas resources that I'm sure members are aware of, they are relevant to South Africa to the extent that we are trying to move towards a lot of gas to energy generation, but also uh, alternative uses of uh, gas uh, to power other forms of industrial uses in the country. And so uh, those are just the two examples that I'm making, Chairperson, to show that we deliberately choose where we want to go uh, on the African continent and relate that to South Africa's own strategic interests. Um, moving forward, Chairperson, uh, we just reflect here some aggregate numbers of what the IDC has done over the past number of years, substantial investments into the economy, not only in terms of industrial capacity development in excess of 120 billion invested over the past 10 years or so, but the extent of employment creation, <clears throat> but also important, the transformation impact of our work, how much money has gone towards supporting black business, women-owned businesses, as well as youth-owned businesses. Moving forward, Chairperson, uh, this is an indication of uh, a growing part of our work, and that is that we don't only deploy money from the IDC's own balance sheet, but we work with these partners that are indicated on this slide to mobilize money from them and to deploy it into projects side by side with uh, the IDC's own money. So the obvious ones, as I mentioned earlier on, are funds from uh, the various grant programs in the Department of Trade and Industry, such as the Agro-Processing Fund, as well as the Steel Fund. The Manufacturing Competitiveness and Enhancements Program, MSTEP, is a long-standing program that the IDC has been administering for many years including the textile, uh, the clothing and the textile ones. We are expanding this base, uh, Chairperson, as I indicated already earlier, the Department of Agriculture, we have concluded a 1 billion rand program with them. Uh, the second one uh, that we are working on 
with the Department of uh, Economic uh, Development in Gauteng is the creation of a potentially uh, 200 million or 250 million rand or so uh, SME support fund into which the Gauteng government will provide a portion of the capital and will probably match it uh, uh, rand for rand and drive small business development in the region. Uh, of Houting. So we are growing this portfolio of financing partnerships, Chairperson, because we realize the IDC's one rand can only be impactful if it is complemented with another one rand or two rand from somebody else or from another uh, uh, source. Moving towards uh, uh, the conclusion point, Chairperson, uh, what we are underlying or underlining with this particular slide, Chair, is the importance of maintaining the financial sustainability of the Industrial Development Corporation. It has to remain on a financially sound footing. That is what is expected of the IDC by its founding legislation, but also in terms of the national policy framework around the funding of uh, of uh, the, the entities of the state, the message is clear. Development finance institutions have to work from the strength of their own balance sheets. They have to remain sound in terms of liquidity. They have to remain sound in terms of solvency so that they can undertake their development mandates. So this is very much core and very central to the work that we do every day keeping a very close eye on the revenue profile, on the cost structure of the IDC, on the, the portfolio quality, on the balance sheet of the organization. Uh, moving forward towards close chairperson, really, uh, now making uh, closing remarks in this slide, slide last slide, uh, to say, yes, we continue to invest significantly in industrial capacity and we plan to do so going forward, we do have the means to do so as an organization. Uh, the second point to make is the importance of working with key partners, particularly the Department of Trade and Industry, but our sister DFIs as well, the NEF, the Development Bank of Southern Africa, and other international uh, DFIs that have a focus on South Africa and Sub-Sahara as an area of, uh, of their work. So, we believe our programs, as I have outlined them, very well aligned, and we hope uh, we have demonstrated that uh, if we work hard and make our value contribution, we will be able to add to the efforts of the nation with regards to economic reconstruction and recovery. Uh, it is important to mention, Chairperson, that indeed the IDC's work goes far beyond just providing industrial finance, uh, and we include a whole host of technical assistance and value-added uh, advisory support programs around business support uh, and, 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 and marketing support for companies and policy advisory. So Chairperson, with your permission, we will conclude there, uh, uh, stating our commitment indeed uh, uh, to commit, to contribute meaningfully to the country's efforts uh, for economic um, uh, reconstruction and recovery.
Thank you, Chair President. That brings us uh, our con uh, to a conclusion, our presentation from the IDC side. I thank you. Um, thank you. <clears throat> thank you very <clears throat> Thank you very much, CEO. So we, we will go back to the members. If ever we can just check if ever there are any members would like to comment or ask questions. Honorable members, floor is yours based on the two presentations, the NEF and the IDC. Uh, Secretary, I'm sure there will be members raising hands. Um, Chair, I'm also waiting for members to raise their hands, Chair. Nothing at the moment, Chair. Okay. L let me just say... Um, we have the... one, Chair. And okay. we've got another one, Chair. I'll name the members. Mr. Ben Kamashe and Mr. McPherson at the moment, Chair. Okay. Honorable Namashe and McPherson. In Followed order. by Ms. Mutahum, Chair. Uh, Mutahum. And Mr. Cuthbert, Chair. Uh, Mutaung and Cuthbert. At the moment, Chair. Honorable Namashe. <clears throat> yeah, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. I think, Chair, the first comment is really to appreciate uh, both uh, presentations by uh, NEF and IDC, given the challenges that we have uh, as a country, of course, we are not in isolation. Uh, COVID-19 is a global uh, pandemic. Uh, it has affected a number of industries. It has affected a number of businesses uh, throughout the world. But uh, if you compare the performance of South Africa through the strategic interventions uh, by our institutions, uh, the development finance institutions, and the opportunities that are there beyond uh, COVID-19, we, we, we are fairly at a, at a reasonably uh, promising uh, pedestal. And, and, and I really want to commend the leadership of these two, institu these two institutions, uh, especially uh, the insightful presentations, fairly detailed, um, perhaps, what I would want to raise uh, would be the extent of uh, uh, reaching out to those um, 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 provinces, especially that are almost at the periphery, those that are rural. Um, we, 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 we would just encourage uh, uh, both IDC and uh, NEF 
to rather have a rather more uh, robust engagement uh, in rural areas uh, because I I do see uh, on both institutions uh, there's a sense at which they also look at, at the opportunities of optimizing the value uh, in, in, in rural spaces, especially in the agricultural sector, whether it is uh, agro-processing or primary production for that matter. Um, opportunities uh, that they assist with, it will be important uh, to intensify uh, that uh, community outreach. We do have various local authorities, uh, be they uh, ward councillors, be they uh, traditional leadership uh, offices or institutions um, where they can uh, share the kind of information uh, that will uh, assist our people. Because what is important is to share the knowledge. You know, uh, without knowledge, Chair, you are disempowered. Uh, however, uh, although it is important to gain knowledge, what becomes more critical is what do you do about that knowledge? So, 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 so it's important uh, to, 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 to look at those interventions at that level. And also, uh, also look at how, you know, that uh, symbiotic tapestry uh, between your small business uh, and the large industries. Um, how do you then uh, create uh, the, the, the synergies in ways that would uh, symbiotically provide uh, that uh, interconnectivity? You know, the, 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 the migration from the state of unbankability to a state where these are fully-fledged, sustainable uh, industrial institutions. Um, 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 uh, whether it's on the manufacturing, um, um, and whether it's on uh, agro-processing and so on. So that would be very important because um, for as long as the people in the rural provinces, in, in almost in the periphery, are not taking meaningful and significant part in the mainstream uh, economy, we will continue to have these kind of disparities where the levels of inequality are almost at an astronomic um, 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 level. So that's what I would urge uh, the committee to expedite so as to ensure 
that uh, we are as inclusive as is possible in growing our economy. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, let me ask uh, the next uh, speaker, Honorable Mark uh, Fierson. Um, all right, thank you very much. Um, so to start off with, uh, I want to uh, take a trip down memory lane uh, regarding the NEF, which for as long as I've been around in Parliament, which is 2014, it's just one more meeting and it's one more discussion and it's uh, one more plan away from being fully recapitalized, as it would like to refer uh, to it as. Um, and it's just, you know, one more discussion or one more cabinet meeting uh, before it is uh, rehoused in uh, the IDC. And you know, that's been going on for, for seven years. Uh, and, and each year that goes past, you know, you know, it essentially lives on um, grants from the uh, DTR. It is basically a, um, a transactional uh, institution that receives money from the DTI, which then disperses it. Um, so the question then becomes really, what remains the point of the NEF if the IDC can do the same job? If those people who work for the NEF can be rehoused in the IDC, they could do exactly the same job uh, and probably for a lot less than the overhead costs are uh, of the NEF, because the truth of the matter is, is that to work for the NEF is a spectacular job. Uh, they are some of the highest paid executives uh, in any government uh, uh, institution. Uh, the uh, CEO earns uh, multiples of millions uh, per year, uh, around six million a year. Uh, the executives earn uh, a hell of a lot of money. And you know, they are basically a, a form-filling operation for the DTR. So I think really the, the, the time has come for the excuses to stop and to actually understand from the DTR, when is the NEF going to be housed in the IDC fully? And when is it actually going to become a fully functional, fully fledged, fully incorporated arm of the IDC because I actually don't know now what the justifiable reasons for the NEF's existence are when the IDC does exactly the same, same job. A policy question for the DTI uh, would be, why does the DTI allow funds to be allocated to the NEF uh, for the distribution purely on the basis of racial ownership. Because, I mean, the tax funds that are received uh, by the DTI are not done on, on a racial basis. They are done on a general basis, that whoever pays tax pays tax regardless of their race. And yet they are allowing the NEF to distribute funds purely on the basis of racial ownership. 
Which brings me to the three uh, points that the uh, NEF spoke to. They spoke to about a distress fund of 150 million rand uh, that is proudly and solely dedicated to black-owned businesses. I, uh, it's a 160 million rand women empowerment fund, which was quickly glossed over, and the 200 million rand black business fund, which is also uh, proudly for black-owned businesses. Um, so the distress fund was also uh, quickly glossed over, and it was more just focused on the black business fund. What I would like uh, for this committee um, is a breakdown of every company that has received money from the distress fund, uh, the women fund, and the black business fund, what uh, the amounts were, and what the um, uh, and and what businesses they are involved in. I think that that would be very valuable to the committee, so we can actually understand where this five hundred million rand uh, has gone to, uh, and what purposes uh, it has been used for. Um, then on to the IDC. I think that the IDC um, uh, has taken a very rose tinted. Uh, view to the economy and to industries um, that it supports. And quite rightfully, it makes the point that it cannot just simply bail out of uh, investments that it has made um, uh, because it stands to lose a, a heck of a lot of money. So the question then becomes is, well, you know, what what study has been done or what communication or what survey has been done with these businesses that the IDC has at times very large equity stakes in um, to understand what its profitability is going forward, um, what, how far it is geared, um, its uh, debt to uh, its debt to income ratios, uh, and so on and so forth. I think that that is really important for us to understand and also, I think it would be really helpful for the committee to be appraised of the IDC's current uh, uh, um, a bad debtors book per transaction. So, you know, what, what is it is classifying as bad debts? What are those companies? Um, and, and how much money is, is owed to it? Because I've asked questions previously of the IDC um, in relation to politically exposed people. And quite frankly, the amounts are staggering uh, that are owed by politically exposed individuals um, that have not paid back debts at all. So I think it would be really helpful if the IDC could make that uh, available. And also, I would like to see, or I'd like to hear from the IDC's point of view, how do they view the incorporation of the NEF into the IDC and, and, and where do they see the logjam um, or the holdup for that taking place? Thanks. Um, can I ask that Honorable Mutau? Thanks, Chair, for the opportunity. Let me welcome two presentations from IDC and NEF. Um, and applaud 
the NEF with the good work that they are doing. Uh, I can see in your presentation, you are doing very good on the transport sector, tourism sector in Mpumalang and KZN, petroleum industry on women empowerment, and uh, also upload the NEF with the business plan that is online to assist our people to complete their applications. And then I have few concerns. I just want to check uh, with IDC and NEF, how far is your work uh, in the provinces? Because uh, I can see we have few gaps, especially on reaching the towns and the rural areas. And also I would like to say to NEF and IDC, they must improve their accessibilities in other provinces. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mutawung. May I invite Honorable Cuthbert? Thank you, Chairperson. Chair, I just wanted to find out from the RDC a little bit more about the work that they've been doing with the cannabis industry and also the medical marijuana industry and you know if there's any companies that they're currently supporting in that field and you know if they could just elaborate on you know the potential pipeline with Lesotho and what talks have been taking place so we can get a better understanding of you know how advanced these talks are and also you know a broader outline of what their strategy is to tap into this market as we've seen countries like Uruguay and the like have managed to use you know uh, the production of medical marijuana and derivatives such as THC oil and the like to great economic effect. And I just want to understand, you know, which route the RDC are going on this front. Thanks very much, Chair. May I invite Honorable Mboyane? Thank you, Honorable Cuthbert. Mboyane? Chairperson, thank you very much. Let me first welcome the report. It's well presented and it's eye-opening in terms of the economic recovery. Chairperson, uh, just a few clarity-seeking questions. I just wanted to check uh, in terms of the SEZ, uh, do they have any strategic partnership currently? Because they are SEZ, uh, more especially the one of agro-processing and, and, and Gomazi. I just want to check whether they, they have secured a strategic partnership in terms of investment on that SEZ. Uh, and also, Chairperson, in terms of alignment to NDP transformation and the SME Connect, I jump to the economic recovery in terms of the NDP and the transformation that is there. Uh, the other one, Chairperson, in terms of health, supply, oxygen, and gas, I just wanted to check whether do they have a limit of funding or a process in terms of the dead wave that is coming. Do we have any PPE companies, small businesses, gas, medical equipment that they are supplying? And if you can just indicate in which provinces are those located, because seemingly uh, the NEF and the IDC, they are working in Joburg because it's a central care of. I just wanted to check that. Do they have any program 
uh, that seeks to deal with the provincial strategic economic recoveries because really they must talk to the economic of uh, uh, one chair the issue of clothing textile also check if and uh, for takeover business and also meet Yes, uh, your, your, your voice was gone on the last one. If you can repeat that before you proceed, we oh, actually okay. got it was cut. If you can repeat uh, before you move to the next one. Continue. Oh, okay, chair. I was talking. Yeah, I was talking to the issue of uh, uh, COVID nineteen. I don't know whether that one is covered, uh, but the, the last one I was talking to the issue of clothing and textile funding uh, for takeover business. And I uh, just want to check in terms of the limit as well. Because there are screenwriters, producers, I don't know who are they being funded and how are they funding it? Because uh, we are looking forward uh, for other black players in the, in the field, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Okay, uh, Honorable Yane. Um, Secretariat, I'm not sure if ever there's any other member. No um, other members at the moment, Chair. Or at the moment, there's actually no other member. Let me just say that um, we would actually then um, ask the NEF and the IDC team to comment on the questions and comments made by members. But obviously, I think we, we do actually have a big discussion we should actually have as South Africans in actually making sure that there's inclusive participation in the economy. And obviously the issue of the majority of South Africans, which are mainly black. And uh, the issue as well, I think we may need to speak more on the point of the youth. There was actually a bit of issues coming through but I think uh, younger people are actually uh, across racial line in the country are actually the majority of South Africans, which I think it might be an omission that is quite serious if we don't focus, encourage, and actually ensure that they do get involved and participate in the economy. Same as uh, the women uh, in our country, I think uh, their involvement and participation in the economy will be very important because I think uh, those kind of initiatives, it's same as areas where they go under, you know, when you look at mining, there's actually small scale mining. It's not actually very well coordinated by us. And when you look at that, you can see that we end up with Zama Zama. And we have actually no sense of how that part of the economy engages and actually proceeds to function. So, which I think uh, on my part, uh, big uh, sense is that uh, uh, black uh, business, uh, youth involvement, women involvement are areas which are quite important if South Africa have to got, get uh, the majority of the citizens uh, participating in the economy. Those are the areas which we may have to really, uh, you know, focus 
and concentrate on. So let me actually uh, ask uh, the NEF uh, first to actually pick up on areas of uh, comments and clarity questions. And then maybe we can move to uh, the IDC uh, after that. Can I invite um, the um, uh, NEF just to speak to comments and questions that we raised by members? NEF? Uh, good. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, I want to um, uh, respond on the matter uh, from Honorable McPherson um, around um, the uh, NEF um, being merged into the IDC. Unfortunately, I can't comment on that. Uh, it's really a shareholder matter. Uh, we're operating under mandate and under an act of parliament. Um, so um, I think maybe at some stage that should be addressed uh, with, with the um, DTIC. Um, on some of the other points that were raised, maybe Schlengiwe can come in um, on the specific points. Uh, uh, certainly the, the request for the beneficiaries of the, the funds that were uh, granted in, um, uh, uh, or dispersed as part of the COVID relief, we can provide that list in writing uh, together with the amounts and the beneficiaries. Uh, around that. Uh, maybe you want to touch on some of the other points as well. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and to the Chairperson of the Committee. I think on the issue of um, the, 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 the reaching out to rural provinces that uh, were raised by Honorable Mumashe, uh, we are very committed to that as, as the NEF um, to the extent that actually in our APP on an annual basis, we have targets around deals that we do um, in the provinces that are normally, you know, uh, regarded as, as, as rural provinces. So what we do in the Northern Cape and the Free State and the Northwest in Limpopo, uh, in Pumalanga, as well as um, in, in the Eastern Cape. So we are very committed to that. We do have provincial offices, uh, regional offices in all those provinces, but we supplement that by also um, allocating people in head office to the specific provinces, just to make sure that, uh, you know, as we support transactions in the, in the other provinces, those rural provinces don't get left behind. And, you know, we even engage with, uh, you know, traditional uh, leadership in instances where land is, is, is required. Uh, I mean, I, I made an example here of um, a school we did in Josini, we engage on behalf of the of the you know woman who is the owner of the business. We engage with the Ingonyama Trust to make sure that they get a good piece of land. We negotiated the lease and and, and so forth. So we really believe uh, that economic um, emancipation of the rural areas is critical for for the recovery of of this economy. Um, on the issues um, of um, you know business that have been funded. So just to clarify for uh, Honorable McPherson, uh, the, the fund that has been fully launched and implemented is the COVID uh, Black Business Fund. And hence, maybe there was more information around it in terms of what has been done. So the other two funds, we've recently launched them. We are still assessing the application. So we have not invested the money yet. So it, we're not just... Um, you know, closing over it because we didn't want to share the details, but it's because we are still working 
on the transactions. But uh, we already have the list of the entrepreneurs that were supported with the COVID um, Black Business Fund. We shared that with the DTIC. And you know, if the honorable members want that list, uh, Chair, I'm sure that through the DTIC, that list can be availed. And once the other two funds are also fully uh, implemented, we will be very glad to, to, to share those uh, with you. Uh, I think the issues around why we fund Black people, uh, I would leave that uh, to the DTIC. But as the Chair has said, we are currently as the NEF, you know, um, just implementing what the Act of Parliament, uh, you know, imposes us to, to implement. Uh, um, Honorable uh, Dawong was also talking about, uh, you know, the rural areas. So I've, I've already responded to that and uh, our accessibility. And uh, in terms of the SEZs uh, from Honorable Mbuyane, we, we do work with the SEZs. So most of the bigger projects that uh, we, we are developing from scratch, we would, you know, we try uh, our utmost best to make sure that they are located in the SEZs. Uh, because obviously it just allows uh, those businesses even a better chance to thrive and, and create jobs in those spaces. So we have not necessarily signed any formal um, arrangements with SEZs, but as the projects are developed, we scope around to see which SEZ will give us the best uh, you know, solution for, for the transaction we are looking at. Uh, I think, Chair, I've covered uh, most of the issues that were raised uh, around the EMEA. Thank you so much. Um, NEF chair, I'm sure if you, you actually sufficiently covered your area, you can actually allow us to move to the IDC chairperson. Yes, yes, thank you very much, chairperson. We, we're comfortable with that. Okay, okay, thank you very much. May I actually then ask for the uh, IDC to take comments and or a response to questions? Chairperson and the CEO. Thank you so much, Chair. I will actually hand over to the CEO and team to deal with the issues. Uh, Chair, I believe that the matter of um, the merger between the two institutions does correctly belong to the DTIC, who I believe will be best positioned to competently respond to that, Chair. Safe to say, that institutional um, capacity is very difficult to build. And I think in whatever decisions we take or government takes moving forward, I hope that that will be also taken into consideration, Chair. CEO will take us through the uh, other questions. Chair, may I hand over to TP? Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, the church. Uh, thank you so much, uh, uh, committee chairperson, and thank you, uh, chair of the, the board. Um, the, the, the points are very well made. Uh, uh, honorable member Namashe, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing correctly. And uh, as an example, uh, honorable member of our efforts to try and reach out and intensify uh, involvement in rural provinces. I can just mention that uh, as an example, we have a partnership uh, that has been on the go. And recently I had a conversation with the CEO of 
uh, Chris Honey Development Agency. And we are looking to join hands. They have a portfolio of many opportunities, particularly in the areas of agriculture primary, as well as agro-processing, as well as a wide array of small to medium-sized businesses in the various uh, uh, towns that they serve in, the, in, in their district. It is a classic case of we work through and in partnership with a partner on the ground not only do we provide funding instruments, but also technical support programs by way of advice on projects and feasibility and uh, due diligence work and so on. So a point very well made, let us make a commitment to demonstrate these things and demonstrate them physically, not only Chris Honey, but what we are doing in the Northern Cape, uh, what we are doing in Limpopo and so on and so on, uh, so that when we update this committee on an ongoing basis, we can show tangibly and uh, in evidence uh, the kind of uh, reach that we are re indeed uh, making on the provinces. Uh, you, are, you are correct, uh, honorable member, uh, that is on, with regards to small businesses and creating symbiotic relationships. That is why this concept or this idea that I referred to us SME Connect, uh, an active, a very active program on the part of the IDC of seeking to connect small businesses to large uh, industrial enterprises, particularly where we are the funder and we can exert influence uh, around those connectivity. Uh, to the questions that uh, the honorable member asked uh, McPherson, uh, our view on the economy, um, uh, what I can say is that our view is very much aligned to other economic views from, for instance, the view taken by uh, the Reserve Bank, uh, the views that is taken by other industry organizations in the country, the views that are taken by, for instance, economists from uh, either the World Bank or the International Monetary Fund. So when we do our economic focus, we look at as that entire spectrum of, uh, of information. And uh, we are very much in line uh, with that. So the specific questions around what study has been undertaken to survey the companies in order to evaluate their status. Indeed, uh, at the advent of COVID, sometime mid last year, 2020, we undertook a formal survey. We sent out information to a large proportion of our client base where they responded to indicate the extent to which their revenues have come under pressure, the extent to which uh, they are struggling with uh, repayment of their debt service obligations, be it to the IDC or other institutions. And it was out of that that we designed that uh, uh, fund facility to support them. And in the second instance, uh, we have offered up to now uh, more than 800 million rand in concessionary deferments. So in other words, we, we, we reschedule their interest service obligations. They were supposed to pay us, but we reschedule it forward in order to give them breathing space. 
so the details are available. If we are required to do so, we can provide those details. Yes, there has been a deterioration in the in the uh, uh, impairment, what you refer to, Honourable Member, as uh, bad debt ratios, uh, the impairment ratios. There has been a significant uh, deterioration in the impairment levels, uh, whereas our prudential level as a DFI is that our impairment should not exceed 20%. We have actually seen the numbers increasing and touching uh, uh, 30% levels and so on and so on. So it is understood within the context of the environment that we are in. Uh, what is encouraging, however, and this is available by way of information at the IDC, is that the rest of our portfolio remains as robust as possibly can be. We have seen somewhere in the order of about 20 to 25% in terms of reduction in the repayments that we receive from our customers, our client base. So the IDC still continues to generate substantial cash inflows into the organization from the client base, despite the, the levels of uh, impairments or bad debt that I have referred to. So the financial integrity of the organization remains strong. What is important is the program that we are undertaking, and it started already in 2019, of managing down our bad debt losses. It's a combination of measures where uh, our own officials, together with external support, we intervene in the businesses, we restructure the businesses, we arrange additional working capital, maybe from the banks or other organizations where necessary. We negotiate with customers and suppliers, to get better you know, cost profiles in terms of cost of material or increased volumes of, uh, of uh, orders. Very active a specialist team in our post-investment management uh, division that undertakes that kind of work. Uh, moving to Honorable Member Mutawung, I think the advisory is really well made. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really getting the message that in as much as we have physical offices in the provinces, secondly, in as much as we have a team of uh, local economic development specialists uh, who work across the length and breadth of this country, but it looks like our reach and our presence is not adequately felt. So I take that point and uh, uh, Chairperson, uh, please, if you allow us to, to, to indeed respond and respond meaningfully and report back to the committee about this uh, presence and physical uh, visibility on the ground. Uh, 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 as I say, the structures are there, the offices are there, the officials are there, but it looks like we are not felt uh, on the ground. Um, I'll come to the question of cannabis and I'm going to ask one of my colleagues to handle it, but let me speak to uh, uh, Honorable Member Mbuyani on the SEZs. Uh, yes, point number one, we support all the proclaimed uh, special economic zones. Two, the strategy is fourfold around SEZs. Uh, one is about industry planning. So in other words, uh, 
uh, working together with the SEZs and the provinces to make a determination of the best possible industries that would be appropriate and that would be viable in a particular zone. So uh, maybe what is relevant in the Northern Cape might not necessarily be the same with what is in the free state because the free state is predominantly agriculture and so on and so on. So we are doing industry planning in partnership with the uh, uh, SEZ entities on the ground. Secondly, as we know, it is the infrastructure development, which is largely funded from the fiscus uh, to build water systems and electricity and road systems and things like that. Uh, the third issue that we are getting involved in is the actual investment promotion. As we go about our work, we are constantly scouting for industries that could be located in these IDZs. And we, we, we work together with uh, 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 the, the provincial entities themselves. And the fourth area of intervention, of course, is industrial financing. And we have a big portfolio of financing already into Kucha, into East London, into the various other uh, 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 Richards Bay and, uh, uh, and so on, uh, SEZs where we have uh, gotten involved. The important intervention that is coming through is that in partnership with the DTI, there is a specialist team, a project management unit that has recently, like in November, December last year, been established at the IDC, which will be the primary support mechanism to work with the provincial entities to drive the SEZ uh, uh, programs. Our involvement in COVID, uh, yes, has been, as I indicated, through the funding of the uh, emergency supplies in the early part of last year. But what we are working actively now is an effort with the pharmaceutical industries to see the extent to which the major uh, supplies can be manufactured here in South Africa. Only last week, I was speaking to the chairperson of Aspen and we were discussing, and there the, the are all sorts of regulatory and licensing uh, pre-requirements that need to be passed before uh, these uh, uh, chemicals can be manufactured in South Africa and so on and so on. So that is an active work program that we are engaged in. Um, there was a question about our limits and so on. It was a broader question, but let me put it this way, the, the prudential limit, the upper limit uh, for a single counterparty that the IDC can invest in is quite high because the IDC has the advantage of a significantly large balance sheet. So that number as we see today is 1.2 billion rand. That is the single la, uh, upper limit investment that uh, the IDC can put into one enterprise. But obviously the majority of the transactions are not there. Uh, I think our uh, average transaction is in the order of 300 million to around 500 million. So the large volume of our transactions are in that uh, magnitude. And lastly, Chairperson, uh, yourself, Ndadengosi, uh, I heard you really clearly, as you might have seen, in the, in the IDC presentation, we have specific targets relating to 
building an, an inclusive economy uh, around youth, women, uh, Black-owned enterprises, very specific targets that we pursue in that regard. Can we do more? Yes, there is always a, an opportunity to do more. Uh, but certainly, not only do we have a strategic commitment, but we have a capital commitment. And indeed, in the third instance, we have the skills because we have been doing this for quite uh, a number of years. Uh, I'm going to ask my colleague, uh, Joanne, the Chief Operating Officer, because she runs the front end of the business, to just address that question of the potential opportunities that we are seeing in the cannabis uh, space. Chair, with your permission, if I could ask uh, Joanne to handle that. Thank you. In order, Joanne, thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, thank you, CE. On the cannabis side, we are actively pursuing the, the opportunities because we do see significant um, export potential for the country as well as significant job creation opportunities. Um, it is being managed between our agricultural team that's, buying, um, that's growing the biomaterials and our chemicals, team, chemicals and pharmaceutical team uh, because our focus is on the medical um, aspect and that is obviously subject to significant um, regulatory considerations. So we are working with um, government in looking at those regulations in order to ensure that we can enable the industry to flourish in South Africa. Um, we're currently actively involved in projects in um, Lesotho, um, some of which are undergoing equity uh, restructurings um, in, the, in their global counterparts, which could delay some of those transactions. But we are wanting to test our feet um, in the transactions um, while we try to build the, the regulatory capacity and enablement in South Africa. Um, a key priority for us in these transactions is looking to ensure that we keep the economic value add on the continent. Um, in some of the transactions we've engaged on, they're with international partners who are looking at very much the biomaterial being grown here, but the extractive value being taken offshore. And um, we do believe that we need to ensure that that value add remains um, in Africa and ideally within South Africa. Thank you. Thank you. Um, CEO and the chair, I'm sure you've covered most of the issues. If I can actually just check if ever there are any further issues, uh, if you're rounding up on the questions, and maybe I can go check again if our members uh, still have uh, issues to raise. Chair? Yes. Namasha, Chair, and Mr. Kathas, Chair. Okay, let me go and back Mr. to... And Mr. McPherson as well, Chair. Okay. Namashe, uh, Cuthbert, and McPherson. In that order. No, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Um, let, 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 let me just start with the rider from the last point on uh, cannabis. I think... Uh, it is historically known that uh, in South Africa, one of the areas that naturally produces uh, prime uh, cannabis would be Pondoland uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the Eastern Cape. I would be interested to know the extent 
to which uh, that area uh, has been incorporated into uh, the strategic proposition uh, going forward, uh, especially looking into the imperatives around localization as well as inclusive growth. Uh, as it would obviously relate to uh, rural communities because it's the asset that is there. Then the second part, Chair, um, it's, uh, it's, it's just, um, uh, it's, it, it was just an afterthought, Chair. You know, uh, the President of the Republic of South Africa, uh, President uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, will be uh, officially opening the National House of Traditional Leaders, uh, I think Thursday, which is tomorrow. Uh, He does that uh, almost every year after SONA and and, and budget speech. Um, I'm just thinking uh, that uh, going forward, uh, wouldn't it be uh, helpful to have some of these key strategic um, industrial opportunities, especially as they would uh, 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 talk to rural communities. If they, if, if for instance, uh, what is presented here by both NEF and IDC would have been uh, and incorporated or encapsulated into what the president would be addressing uh, to uh, that uh, constitutional body. And, and, and perhaps going forward, the NEF and IDC can actually see uh, if they can't arrange uh, presentations, not sure whether they've done that already, uh, with the National House of Traditional Leaders, as well as the provincial houses of traditional leaders. Um, maybe that would also assist in the dissemination of the information and improve the accessibility. I thought those two points, Chair, uh, let me just um, um, make some reflections around them. Thank you very much. Um, can I ask uh, Honorable, was it McPherson? Thanks. It was actually Honorable Cuthbert, if it's fine. Um, so, so maybe I missed it or my connection at last, but it seems that we're going to go through another meeting without any further discussion on the NEF being incorporated into the IDC. Or well, no one's actually going to give us an update from the DTI. We're not going to sort of understand where it is. Or maybe it's, you know, just one more meeting has to take place or one more cabinet meeting has to take place. Because um, I'm starting to actually kind of get the impression this has been spoken about for so long that maybe there are people that don't want it to happen. Um, and that maybe it's it's easier 
for personal reasons, financial reasons, who knows, but for it not to happen. Maybe the IDC doesn't want it to happen. Maybe the NEF doesn't want it to happen, or maybe both don't want it to happen. But there just doesn't seem to be any enthusiasm uh, to get it done, despite this being spoken about for years. So I'm going to ask the question again. Can someone please tell me where we are in finalizing the incorporation of the NEF into the IDC? Thank you. Honorable Cutback. Thanks, Chair. Um, the explanation given by the COO was helpful, but rather brief. Is there any material that the RDC can share with us um, regarding progress uh, in the cannabis industry, or any kind of feasibility studies that they've done, um, you know, any kind of situational analysis on that actual, you know, industry? Um, just, you know, for our own personal information, if that could please be sent to us, if that's available. Okay, um, we will actually um, pick up on uh, further comments. Are there any further comments or qu and clarity questions from members, uh, Secretariat? Not any questions from men members, Chair, but Mr. Recorder has raised his hand, Chair, from the DPIC. You mean who? Mr. Sipos Zakode. Zakode. Oh, Zakode. Oh, okay, okay. No, that's fine, because I just wanted to, just checking on the question side. Um, let me nope. actually get uh, then uh, Mr. Zigorde, and then we'll actually just check on the last uh, on the last uh, comments by members and questions. Uh, Zigorde, thank you very much, Chair, for the opportunity. Yes, um, I, I think just to try and answer the questions from Honourable McPherson. Um, I think, Chairperson and Honourable Members, you know that uh, the, the mandates of these two organisations, yes, they overlap in many areas, but um, they, they, there was a specific reason why the National Development Fund was established. And they, they draw their mandate from the Act of Parliament, um, which Act is in line with the some respect of the constitution. And that is to empower uh, the, the people who were who, who, who disadvantaged by the apartheid laws and policies. Um, so the NEF has a really a very specific mandate, um, which is clear. And if you look at the financial system in South Africa, the NEF, it plays a role where many DFIs wouldn't look at, the, at, the, at those sectors um, that are classified at the main by the financial system as risky sectors, um, risky clients and all those things. So the, the NEF really, um, it plays that part. What has really caused the delays, and I think uh, Honorable McPherson is getting it right, it has been delayed for some time. Uh, I, will, I will say, uh, Chairperson and Honorable Members, it's because of the difficulty of trying to merge the two mandates. 
the IDC has a long-standing mandate from its inception in the 40s. And that mandate really is just to develop the industrial base of the country. Regardless of who's owning that, um, the, uh, uh, that industrial base. So a lot of black people who are capable, who, who have the, the resources, who can apply to the IDC and, cut, and get fine, and, and funding and, and financing, they are able to do that. And the IDC, when it reports, it reports that it has supported these people. But as part of um, uh, as part of that reporting, then it also reports that it has supported so many black people and women and youth and all these things like we have seen today. So that's where the overlap is. But the NEM it plays this role really of ensuring that even those who might not necessarily qualify for whatever reasons, you know, for funding by other DFIs, even by the IDC, they do get uh, assisted. Because the NEF will go really into those very risky people, some of them who are classified by the traditional financial system of South Africa as unbanked, and assist them and nature them and go with them until they can run on their own. So, so, so I think the difficulty is there. And really the, the reasons why the NEF, you know, stood up and tried to, to, to get um, a recapitalization was because it was not receiving any money from the fiscals. You know, there was one time where the NEF on its own really could sustain itself. But because of the nature of the clientele, you know, that status gradually declined. So it, at one time, it, it then needed recapitalization, you see, from the state. Then again, because of the financial um, uh, constraint of South African economy, then the idea of the merger came about. But really, Chairperson and Honorable Members, if you look at what happened, the NEF, even in those difficult times, it was able to go along, you know, and operate and do all sorts of things. So now that um, the fiscal is able to give it some money to run specific problems, projects, then it's able really to survive, like um, I, I, I think I think remember, yes, um, clearly, uh, identified it. But the issue of the mandate is in, in, in the core of the whole thing. Because there is always a, 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 a worry that um, this specific mandate of the NEF might, might be lost in the bigger scheme of things, of the works of, 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 of the IDC. Although the IDC, yes, it, it, it funds black industrialists, black people, black women, and all those things. But there is this other big component of the empowerment and that uh, people are worried that it's going to be lost if it's, it's, it's um, meshed together with the IDC without ensuring that, you know, uh, that is kept even within the IDC. So, but the whole process right now, Jefferson, is with the minister the Minister of, of, uh, of the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition, 
and, and, and the deputy ministers. You know, they have been engaging with both the institutions. I think we, we, we are going to, 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 to get more of them from those engagements. But I just wanted to, 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 to respond on that part that uh, really it's, it's, not, it's not about uh, uh, trying to keep the NEF and try to keep the employment um, of officials or, or, or of NEF going. But really, it's all about the mandate of the NEF, which is still very crucial in terms of empowerment and redress uh, as prescribed by the Constitution. Thank you very much. Um, unless maybe there are further uh, comments uh, from members, uh, Secretariat. Chair, we have Mr. McPherson and Mr. Kamasha, Chair. Okay, Honorable McPherson and Namasha. Thanks. Thanks. I, I think Mr. Zagorda is actually becoming more revealing um, in, his, in his answers. And, and, I, and I, the, the now, the, the hunch that I have that actually no one actually really wants the NEF to not be the NEF is actually starting to become more, more credible. But what is not credible is to believe and suggest that the fiscus is in a better place today to give money to the NEF than it was some time previously. I mean, the fiscus is undergoing massive cuts. I mean, education is being cut 100 billion rand over three years. Healthcare is being cut uh, uh, over three years. So uh, We are cutting grants, grants to the poorest of the poor over the next three years. And to believe that the fiscus can now sustain the NEF, I mean, I don't know if Mr. Zakori has actually read the budget, but if he hasn't, I please implore him to do so because there is no money uh, in the fiscus for um, agencies like the NEF, which is why it is even more imperative and we can have a ideological and philosophical discussion whether an agency like the NEF should even exist to begin with when there are uh, um, uh, agencies like the IDC. Um, and also, I think it's quite trite to believe that the IDC, and I think disrespectful uh, to uh, Ms. Mabuza, to believe that the IDC cannot cater for uh, the mandate that the NEF exists under. I just... There is just no evidence uh, to uh, to prop up that argument, um, but I, I really am now becoming convinced that there are so many vested interests in this not happening, and that we're quite happy for the status quo to continue for as long as there are people that stand to earn multi-million rand salaries uh, and you know continue to receive grants out of uh, out of the DTI and. Um, when we should be leveraging the IDC's um, assets and balance sheet uh, to uh, to fund uh, to to fund those businesses that the NEF may wish to do so. So, I actually, chair, with respect, I haven't heard any compelling reasons as to why this process continues to to drag along. Uh, we have no clarity from uh, from uh, the uh, from the DTR. And in fact, it's becoming more and more obvious that the only way to actually get this done is to repeal uh, the NEF Act and actually then to, uh, to get out 
the log jams, which keep being thrown up as to why this can't happen, uh, and then to allow for the full integration uh, of the NEF into the IDC, and for the IDC to do perfectly uh, what uh, the NEF is able to do. So I do think that that is something that this committee needs to consider and needs to have a discussion going forward. Thanks. Um, I just wanted to check, uh, Honorable McPherson, is this issue with the entities, the department or the minister? Who's supposed well, to actually give feedback on that yes. issue? Well, I mean, I think that that's actually the multi-billion rand question, is that no one wants to give an answer because everyone keeps fobbing it off to everybody else and keeps saying, well, it's not for me to discuss and it's not in our ambit and, you know, we can't talk about it. And, well, now it's with the minister and it's with the deputy minister and then it's with the minister of finance and then it's with cabinet and then cabinet's discussing it. And then it comes back and we get told, no, no, it's actually with the minister. And I actually think that this committee needs a briefing on its own from the minister uh, to actually understand where this process is, because it's simply untenable, Chair, that we continue to be pushed around without actually any timelines of when this has been going on. And this predates your chairmanship of this committee and goes back to the fifth parliament. This, these discussions have been going on for years. And it is, it's simply not possible that we can then be told, well, actually, you know, the fiscus can con uh, accommodate it. And, you know, without actually real any urgency on this, the fiscus can't accommodate this. It's not possible. You cannot argue that we are cutting grants and cutting education budgets, um, but we're going to make money available to the NEF when a perfectly capable financial institution like the IDC exists to do so while the CEO of an organization gets paid 6 million rand a year. I'm sorry, it is not an argument that can hold up to scrutiny. And without the absence of any clear plan from the DTI, um, it then becomes incumbent on this committee to call the minister to come and give us a detailed briefing of where this process is years after it was first discussed. I think that we are owed that as a committee, Chair. Thanks. So the entity realistically cannot be asked that question. The DTIC as a department should be the one that speaks to us about those issues from where we actually had the discussions before. Is that the understanding, uh, Honorable McPherson? Yes, it is, Chair. Yeah. And uh, in terms of, uh, I think uh, in terms of the engagement that we have just had, it might be a point where maybe we'll say, let's actually refer the question back to the DTIC, or we should actually then be able to say the DTIC and the ministry. Uh, Chairperson, if, if that is, if that, uh, if you can facilitate that, um, for that to happen, I would be absolutely uh, uh, in support of that. Yeah, so because the last part was it the DTI or the ministry? Well, uh, it would, it's, it's, I mean, at uh, Mr. Zakori's uh, last word, um, it's with the minister and deputy minister now. So, so it would seem um, that even the DTIC is, has no knowledge of it anymore, um, and that it now resolves uh, or, or uh, uh, is at home with the minister. So it would, I guess, be up to him now to come and tell us where this process is.
Okay. All right. Let's let's actually then uh, pick up on the next issue. Thanks, um, Honourable McPherson. Uh, let's actually take the next member, uh, Secretary, who said it was actually Cuthbert. No, not Chair, Mr. Cuthbert, Mr. Burns, Honourable Burns, Namashe, and uh, Burns, Namashe, and Mbuyane, in that order. Namashe. No, thank you. No, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Um, I think uh, regarding the, um, the, the the continuity of NEF in its current form, or perhaps it being um, integrated into IDC. Well, my my sense. Chair, as you have correctly put it, I, it, it, would, it would be unfair to ask the institutions uh, to answer that question because that question is within the purview of the shareholder. And, 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 and these are institutions established by an act of parliament. So, so, so um, the, the, the institutions themselves, uh, they will not be in a position to ask as to why are we still uh, in existence? And, and, and secondly, Chair, I think in as much as we should always be prudent uh, in terms of uh, exercising uh, our oversight generally, we also have to balance that with uh, key transformational imperatives. In that, for instance, Chair, uh, we cannot be apologetic uh, for being proactive in advancing the cause of black empowerment, uh, given the history of uh, our country. And, and, and because that's, that's, that, that's actually at the heart of our policy trust. So as a matter of principle, uh, black empowerment as a transformational imperative is um, very critical and it should be an overarching um, transformational imperative embraced by all of us who are aspiring to achieve a, 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 a democratic, uh, non-racial, non-sexist and prosperous a national democratic society. So I, I think th those imperatives are key and we should all of us uh, seek to achieve. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Honorable Mbuyane. Chairperson, thank you very much. I think uh, Honorable uh, Benz Namashe has covered me a bit in terms of the issue of NEF and the IDC. 
you will recall, Chairperson, that the NDA and the IDC is 1944 arrangement. And now in the new era of our new dispensation, new democracy, we have established NEF so that it assists black people in particular because we are dealing with the redress here. So coming here and uh, uh, wanting those entities to respond uh, like the mandate were given by themselves, no, it can't be correct. The mandate was given by a parliamentarian and a rule of law that they must execute. And one way or the other, they cannot come here that, no, we will disband ourselves by next week. No. I think that question, still, we need to deal with it at the level of the minister so that we look at the viability. It's not cut in stone that we must just demolish and uh, deal away with NEF because NEF, there's a specific mandate that they are dealing with. So we cannot just wrap up the NEF and come with and, 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 and sustain the 1944 arrangement. Chairperson, that is my uh, submission. Thank you. Um, thank, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Mboyane. I, I think um, we, we did uh, sometimes have some discussions which were touching on some of the issues that bring the matter back in terms of discussions, because I think uh, on the part of the engagement we're having, it's actually based on that uh, broad black uh, uh, business um, empowerment, BBEE. That was actually one area which I think was quite important uh, coming out of that engagement because in terms of that engagement, that actually came up uh, with the absolute uh, facts, which relates to uh, the economy being in very few white hands and ensuring that we actually create opportunity and space for more South Africans, which are predominantly black to participate And I think there was further uh, adding or engagement relating to young people because they are in numbers majority. And there is also issue relating to women. So I think in the uh, BBEE policy side, there were challenges and still there are challenges in terms of fronting. Uh, when we actually look at the implementation of that policy. But I think uh, it it will be quite helpful as you are raising the point for us to actually follow through, because I think in terms of issues of NEF and IDC, it is actually historic. And I think on my part, there's actually been interventions. We may actually want to go back, look at the point of the competition and uh, the point which might be a challenge relating to collusion. Because when you talk cannabis, cannabis has been there for years. When you talk participate. So I think um, let's actually agree that we will actually round up or conclude our discussion Note the the issues that are actually coming up. Um, I hear someone coming through. Who's that? 
Um, Chairperson, Mr. Sukoda, raised his hand, Chair. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Honorable Numzan uh, Zikode, uh, you can come in. Thank you very uh, much, Chair. Yes, no, no Chair. I, I thought maybe um, I, I, I would make uh, one correction there. Um, uh, when I said the DTI uh, from the fiscal, um, you know, it uses the, the NEF uh, to run some specific project, I just meant that, Chair. I was not trying to say the fiscal now is in a better position, you know, to sustain the NEF. I think um, the, the NEF, uh, from the position it was in 2014, Chair, when it applied for the recapitalization, it has really managed to form a lot of partnerships like they presented, partnerships with other government departments, with private sector, which has somehow made its, its financial uh, position a little bit better than it was in 2014. Uh, so that's what I meant, Chair, um, in terms of the of, 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 of the, the the finances of South Africa and the, the fiscals, we all know that uh, the situation is very bad now. Thank you very much. Okay. No, thanks. Thanks, uh, uh, Babzi Gorde. Um, no, I think uh, we, we will actually try and actually round up because I think in terms of the two entities we're looking at today, they are very important issues that we may have to look at because in terms of what has come before us, we can also look at the issue of uh, competition because the department's uh, focus of trade industry and competition is very important. We do actually have challenges as well on businesses or who individuals which actually will ensure that there's collusion to undermine the business that is actually taking place. So those are the things we do actually worry about a great deal. So if we can, uh, Secretary, I'm sure we can be able to indicate that um, most of the questions which came up were actually uh, responded to. There are no further hands raised by members. So let's actually note uh, the points raised by honorable members and ask that we actually conclude our meeting on other issues that were noted, we will follow through on that one. But end of the day, would like to really thank the uh, NEF and the IDC chairpersons and the CEOs for their presentation and engagement that we have had. And for the portfolio committee members to actually thank you for the contribution that you have made. Unless maybe there are further issues that we need to know about, uh, Secretary, I'm sure we can be able to confirm our next session as a committee. Chair, we can confirm our next session as a committee is next week. We will start with the interviews for the position of the NLC. And I just need to request members who will be traveling to complete the necessary health what questionnaire so that they can um, 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 travel, Chair. So we will have the in-person interview scheduled for next week, Chair. Okay. So I think for members, uh, uh, we would actually have to communicate with the Secretariat. Uh, I think if we can get the Secretariat sending out that formalization for members to actually confirm uh, the attendance for the ninth, which is interview for the candidates, for the NLC, National Lotteries Commission chairpersons uh, post 
questions and interviews on the 9th of March. That will be our next session as the uh, portfolio committee. So let me, let me thank all, all, all the participants and those who are present for your attendance. And I'm sure we can actually conclude our meeting. And for uh, honorable members, the uh, portfolio committee meeting is agent. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. 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 Thank you, Chair.